the Psalms. Jay and my goal is to try to take what's in the Psalms that can be applied to our life and walk in it. So this week, protection. So often in the Psalms, we read about the protection that we live in, that we live under as Christians. Psalm 12.5, God spoke to us through David and said, I will set him, that's you, in the safety for which he yearns. The safety in which we yearn, God has set us in already. Do you feel safe this morning? (laughs) Do you feel safe this morning? Good. The word safety means liberty in, in the Hebrew. Liberty, freedom. Deliverance. We're in a spot where we feel free and we've been delivered from anything that would take our safety away. Prosperity. I don't care what's in that money clip I got for Father's Day. I'm prosperous. The word also means salvation. Looking forward to Jesus coming. Us being saved to be safe. This, verse 5 in Psalm 12, is a faithful promise. Any promise God gives is faithful, because He's faithful. What do we have to be safe from? Let's go back to verses 1 through 4. The godly man ceases. The faithful disappear. They speak idly, idle words, flattering lips. A double heart. These are some of the trials that godly people live under. The word says there's a lack of good and faithful people. People who are good are righteous in God's eyes because they've accepted Jesus' work on their behalf. That's how they're good, not because they did anything. So you're good. But there's a lack of good people. And there's a lack of faithful people. Where do you go when there's not many good and faithful people around? And the second thing. Wicked people are in power. The moral law is neglected and ignored. You know there's only one moral law, don't you? I don't care what people say morality is. There's only one morality. And that's the one that lines up with God's word and God's character. God's people are oppressed is another trial that we go through. Now we might not be as oppressed as the kids in the Ukraine or Africa or Haiti. But you realize Christians and the church is oppressed in the United States. Do you realize that? Our freedoms are being taken away. That liberty that was in verse 5, seems to be stripped from us. Pride prevails. I'm bigger than God. I can make my own decisions, thank you. Falsehood and boasting is a way of life. The ways justify the means. As long as you have a goal and you want to get there, you can do anything you want to get there. It doesn't have to line up with anything. 
whatever you think is right. So this brings us to us. There are certain perils and trials that we walk in because we're in the world. Jesus was in the world. He didn't walk around with his feet six inches off the ground. He had to have his feet washed just like everybody else. Insecurity. Disease. Thieves. People who would take our freedoms away. Sudden attacks that we can't expect. Sunstroke. This is what the people who lived in the days of the Psalms were worried about. What does sunstroke relate to us? Oh, just the things around us. Lightning strikes. A lightning is an act of God. Like the lightning bolt struck me because God aimed it. That's what the insurance companies say, don't they? Everything rotten is an act of God. That's what it looks like. And other people's sins. You know you're affected by other people's sins? You remember the church of Jesus Christ? If I sin, I affect you. Your sin affects me. Even if we aren't together. When you sin against my God, it affects me, and vice versa. We better be unified, huh, Jay? I think so. And what are the responses of God's people? Well, if you're not in the kingdom of God, it's a definite response. But too often, this is the response of the people in the church, too. Two things. Fear and perplexity. You ever been afraid? The Bible says don't be afraid. But we get afraid. We know we shouldn't question God, but we get perplexed. Why? Well, in Psalm 12, the writer started out with the best thing that he could do. The first two words in the psalm. Help, Lord! Help, Lord! We need protection, people. We need to be protected. More than that, we've got to trust that we are protected. So we get to Psalm 91, which is such a great psalm about the protection of God around us. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you. He shall cover you. You shall not be afraid. Verse 14. This is God speaking about you. Because He and she have set His love upon me, therefore I will deliver Him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. And with long life, I will satisfy him. Boy, am I glad the message doesn't stop there. Because it could be kind of depressing that we have so many things around us and upon us that we need to be protected from. So there's places in the Psalms where the psalmist seems very depressed because he's being attacked from all sides. And there's other places in the Psalms that say we have the answer. We know where to put our trust. Now we take all that, we pass it through the cross to the New Covenant. John 17. And there's so many places that we could look at. This is red words. This this is really the Lord's prayer. It's the Lord praying for us. Just look at verse 15 of chapter 17. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should... 
keep them from the evil one. Now, now listen to Jesus' words. Listen. You are not being taken out of the world. That means all those things in the world that are around us are going to affect you. You need protection. Our struggle is, we know that that's true, and we know God is our protection, yet we still get slapped. We still get bumped around. Things still happen to us. What's that all about? It doesn't make sense to the natural mind. If we're in a place where we need protection, and God says He's going to protect us, yet these things still happen to us, it doesn't make any sense. The word protection there in verse 15 means to keep, to guard. God is keeping us. God is guarding us. Jesus prayed it over us. It came out of His mouth. So it's got to be true. And yet we look at a new covenant. We see a person like James who writes in the book of James, we should have patience in suffering. You think James was a Christian? You think he trusted God? And yet here he's writing, we need to have patience in suffering. He didn't say, Lord, take the suffering from me. He said, Lord, give us patience through the suffering. Wait, I thought we were supposed to be protected from this stuff. You mean there's suffering in our life? There's supposed to be? Amen. Look at Paul. It's always fun to read Paul. He doesn't mince words. He tells it like it is. Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 and following. I've been in labors more abundant, stripes beyond measure, prisons more frequently, deaths often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Night and day I've been in the deep. In journeys often. In perils of water. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of Gentiles. Wait, I thought he was supposed to be protected. I thought God said he was a protector. And Paul, he's not boasting about this, but he's saying, look, I've been through more than anybody else. But I still hold on to God. (laughs) And what about Jesus? Look what he went through. No movie we've seen, no picture we've seen has depicted the way Christ really looked on the cross. Because he was unrecognizable. He was almost unrecognizable as a man. They certainly couldn't tell who he was. And he decided to go through that stuff. Wait, I thought he was protected. There must be a way to look at protection from God's view that will straighten this out for us because it certainly doesn't make sense with our view. And to do that, we've got to find something that we can depend on and trust in that will never change no matter what the circumstances are. No matter what happens around me, no matter who happens around me, there must be something I can trust in that I can stand on and never be moved. What do you think that could be? There's only one thing. The character of God. Who God is. We know who God is, yet here's our circumstances. So what do we do? Do we look at the circumstances and say, they prove that God's a liar? Or do we look at God and say, 
We know who you are no matter what the circumstances are. And if you're our protector, you must be our protector in a different way than my circumstances are leading me to believe right now. So how, what are we protected from then? We're certainly not protected from all of our circumstances. We're not protected the way we would think from insecurities. We're going to get insecure occasionally. Why? The whole world is insecure. We just don't want to buy into it. Disease. We're going to get diseases. We're in the world. What do you do when you get a disease? Does it automatically prove God's a liar? Or there's another way of looking at this protection thing because even in the disease we're protected. People, thieves, taking what's not ours, etc., etc. No matter what it is, there must be another way to look at it. Because in Psalm 91 it says, He who dwells and abides and lives in God's refuge, in God's fortress, he will learn to have full confidence in God no matter what's happening. In fact, through what's happening. Maybe, just maybe, the only way for us to really buy into everything that God has for us Buy into his character. Believe it totally, 100%. Maybe, just maybe, the only way to really believe that is to go through the trial. Oh boy. Jesus prayed it that we not be taken out of the circumstances. But we should be kept from the evil one. You know there's a line. God does have a line. And all the tragedies, shootings that have happened. Yes, as tra- tragic as they are, God has drawn a line. That's far enough. And you talk to some of the people who are in these tragedies, they will say, so much more could have happened, but there was a line drawn, that's enough. I'm glad I don't have to draw the line. So what's most important to God for us then? It must not be to protect us from every hurtful situation, every confused situation. He must have another priority. And what is it? You know, we're not saved to be saved out of circumstances. That's not in the Bible. We're saved to become in the image of Jesus. To be conformed to His image. Maybe, just maybe, the only way for that to really take place is for us to go through some trials. So maybe us becoming more like Jesus is a higher priority to God than keeping us comfortable. But because of God's character, because of the character of Jesus, if we're not protected from all circumstances, there's still some things we need to praise God for in our protection. Number one, we have a God to go to, first of all. We have a God who loves us. And He's the God that He is. Thank you, Lord. Second thing, we know He's in control. God has your life in the palm of His hand. He has my life in the palm of His hand. Yesterday, a month ago, a month from now, that's not going to change. That means the circumstance that I'm going through, He's right there with me the third thing God is always working 
We don't believe that he's a great clockmaker in the sky. He wound things up at the beginning and then sat down on a couch to have a pina colada. We don't believe that. We believe he's here. We believe by a spirit who lives inside of us. And we believe he's surrounding us right now. His presence is right here. We don't have to hunt and peck. All we have to do is this. He's right there. We could easily get into a very pessimistic worldview and outlook if we're not careful, if we look at our circumstances. But when we concentrate on God and who He is in the circumstances, we can then believe that this age, the church age, the age of grace, is on the upswing. We're going towards the time when Jesus will return. This uh, speaker we heard in March. Harold Eberly. I don't believe the world's going to hell in a handbasket. You mean to tell me everything's going to be lousy, and when it's lousy enough, Jesus is going to return? That doesn't sound like God to me. To let His love that He poured out in creation be trampled on by people and bring it down almost to destruction before He returns. That doesn't sound like God to me. There must be a way for us to look at this so that we look up. If we look at our circumstances, it doesn't look like that. But we're looking at God. We keep our eyes up because that's where He is directing things. So what do we need protection from most of all? Me personally? I need protection from me. From my attitude. I want to have the attitude of Christ. The Bible says it's possible. I got the mind of Christ. The Bible says so. Then I better be able to have the attitude of Christ. And my attitude, in spite of the fact that I don't feel protected sometimes, my attitude is, God is with me. The God of the universe. He sent His Son to die for me. Whoa! That should set my day off. And I should keep my eyes up no matter what's happening around me. Is it easy? No. Because there's a spiritual battle, right? We have all the resources we need to fight the battle. The battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not against people. Again, people are in the circumstances. We can't look at them. We've got to keep our attitude and our heart where the truth is. Where things are that don't change. And that's God's heart. God's character. God's plan. So if you want to pray for me sometimes, say, oops, we've got to pray for the pastor. Well, you pray for my attitude. Pray that I'll be able to see the spiritual battle around me for what it really is. And that's one of the neat things about what I've been going through lately. God said, fight the battle. You trust certain people along the way. I've got a good doctor. Trust my wife, trust my friends and family who are praying for me. The battle isn't against people who are trying to do anything. It's against the enemy. And we reject him. We reject what he thinks is wisdom. We reject what he tries to speak over us. And we walk along because we got a good God. Amen. Amen. Psalms. We thank you that they reveal so much to us about who you are. 
Lord, as we read through the Psalms, touch our hearts with your truth in ways that we have never been touched before so that we would get to know you better, to trust you more, to know you in a way that we never have before. Lord, we give you our circumstances. Help us, Lord, to have the right view of them. Lord, most of all, in those times when our head starts to droop, by your love and mercy and grace, just reach down, Lord, put your hand under our chin, and just lift our head up so that we can see you right in the eye. Because we love you. We believe you. May this be true in the coming months more than ever. Now go in the peace, the protection and the safety of the Lord because your life with Him will never go away. Nothing will ever be able to take away your life with God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Go in peace.